welcome to Teaching Artist Podcast, a show dedicated to discussions of teaching art to kids, making art, and how those things overlap and feed each other. I'm Rebecca Potzagire, your host, an artist and educator. This week, I had the pleasure of talking with Kayla Louvier. Now, this was actually recorded quite a while ago. I am clearly very behind on releasing episodes, so thank you for bearing with me as I get the rest of these recorded episodes out. Uh, Then I will be taking a little bit more of a break, but more on that soon. Kayla talked about the juggle of parenting and making art while teaching. She shared how she approaches and structures her art practice and how that has shifted over the years. It was helpful to hear how that structure can move the dial little by little, even when the amount of studio time available isn't a lot. As she brings up topics of artistic voice with students, she also examines her own artistic voice and the themes of her work. Kayla shared how she's working with students who have been through not only the pandemic, but also a devastating hurricane that has left many of them displaced from their homes. Flexibility and empathy for these young humans has been vital. She talked about introducing them to artists who also inspire her own art making and how the research she does for teaching feeds her art practice. Kayla Louvier is a teaching artist based in southwest Louisiana. She recently relocated there from Oklahoma City, where she spent several years living and teaching. She holds a BA in visual art and an MA in art education. Her experience teaching K-6 visual art ranges from the urban public school setting to the gallery setting. She has worked with students as a visual arts educator in the Oklahoma City Public Schools and currently teaches with the Calcasieu Parish School System. She also spent several years as a teaching artist with the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, where she facilitated art camps and classes for children and families. Her art practice focuses on marrying materials and subjects that traditionally seem disconnected seeking ways to bring together diverse and discarded materials to tell one cohesive story through a work of art. She works with acrylic paint, repurposed textiles, embroidery, and paper to create paintings, mixed-media work, and, most recently, collage. Let's hear from Kayla. I am talking with Kayla Louvier. I'm excited to hear more about your experience and welcome. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to talking with you. Me too. So I like to start with the background and your journey. Like how did you get into both art and teaching? Has it been from a really young age or is it more recent? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as art goes, I think I've always been, you know, like the art kid. I remember when I was little, sitting on the floor at home, having tons of stuff just around me, making stuff. 
I always loved art as a kid, and that's what I pursued in high school, but I never planned on teaching. I said that never, I would never teach, but (laughs) (laughs) I have found that God kind of has a sense of humor when it comes to some of those things. So I went to, when I started undergrad, I was majoring in interior design, which I had wanted to do, I think since I was in like eighth grade. Started that, and I think it was sophomore year, one of our basic level art classes, we had this, when we completed a project, what we had to do, there was a group of about 50 of us, which was a big class because this was a very small university. So we had to line up our projects. And as a group of students, we sorted them based from worst to best, (laughs) which was super intimidating and like (laughs) A big, big event. So through that class, I ended up having lots of projects that ended up in the top like five when we did this thing. Mm. And like, I don't say any of this in sort of a any any sort of prideful way, but I, I was like, kind of coming to this realization of like, oh, I'm I'm like good at this. I'm good <laughs> at making art. So mm. I ended up changing my major to to visual art and graduated with the intent of going into curatorial work. And the summer after I graduated, I worked both an internship with our art museum in Oklahoma City and then helped at an art camp. Mm -hmm. And I learned two things about myself. One was it is physically impossible for me to sit at a desk and work all day. And that's what I did at that internship one day a week. And I learned that from doing that one day a week. And then I also learned that I really love being in the environment of facilitating art making with students. Mm -hmm. And so that summer was really pivotal for me. I ended up after that pursuing my alternative certification in teaching art and then went on to do um, my master's in art education. And I I worked, I kind of dipped my toe in the water, I think, because I started working or teaching part-time with some nonprofits before I jumped in teaching full-time in the public school setting. But then I did that for, uh, for six years in the public school setting prior to taking a break from teaching and then jumping back in. So, but yeah, I really, I'm, I'm glad that I was led down this path. I enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. It's so interesting to hear those experiences and how you kind of figure out like sometimes later on, you're like, I'm done with my degree. I'm ready. For, like I'm on my path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, wait oh. a second. Just oh <laughs> yeah. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. What ages, what grades were you teaching when you first started um, out? I My experience has been primarily with the elementary age. So kindergarten through sixth grade mm-hmm. is the group of students I've worked with. Yeah. Such a fun age. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was my most recent teaching. And mm-hmm. I feel like there was a long time where I said I preferred high school and I was like, you know, applying for a bunch of professor jobs and like wanting to teach older kids. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to elementary, I realized just how much fun it is and how much variety too, right? Because you have the really little ones. (laughs) Yeah. So much energy. Oh, so yeah. So much. And then, but when you get up to like fifth and sixth grade, you really can get into some like more interesting, deeper sort of topics and more, I mean, I guess it's still not high school or anything, but it's similar to like teaching the older kids where you can have these deep conversations. Yeah. Yeah. No, they can definitely think more upper level, which is really fun. Yeah. So cool. And then, so you 
got your degree and then you were, were teaching for a while. Was your, the sort of break you took from teaching, was that like an extended maternity leave? Yeah. So we, we got pregnant with my daughter, which for us was very unexpected. And so we decided that my, my husband and I, that it was just best for me to take a break from teaching. I was also mm-hmm. starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed with it anyways. Mm-hmm. And I had had it kind of in my mind to do at some point prior to having kids so that I could take some time to pursue my own artwork. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, <laughs> didn't get that time. So but yeah, I took a break from teaching with the intention of always at some point going back into it. You know, mm-hmm. I never felt like I was done teaching. And so my daughter, she's almost four. So for three years, I was not teaching full time. I did some, some part time, worked some on my art practice but really not very consistently. Mm-hmm. And I had decided that it was going to be time for me to, to go back into teaching. I, the transition into motherhood was really, was just a lot for me. And I was getting to a point where I was like, I'm ready to, to work outside the home. Mm-hmm. And so I intended on, we were living in Oklahoma, Oklahoma city at the time. And I intended on getting a job back in the district where I had worked previously, but then things happened, the pandemic, all kinds of stuff. So we end up moving to Southwest Louisiana, which is where we are currently living. And so I'm now teaching, teaching here, still teaching elementary school, mm-hmm. but just in, not in the same place that I thought I would be. But it's been, it's been really great. It's been good to be back in the classroom. It's been exhausting because this is my first time working full time while also parenting and trying to pursue my art practice, but it's Ooh. been, it's been good. So I'm Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm glad to be back in the classroom. Yeah, but that is a big transition, like a few big transitions, yeah. right? It's like so many motherhood, <laughs> moving back to teaching yeah. during a pandemic, yes. like ongoing, sort of never ending pandemic. Yes, I know. You know, and then uh, there's, I mean, we're still in the same country, but sometimes, you know, down here feels like a whole different, a whole different world. Yeah. And so, yeah, even just getting used to you know, the culture down here, my husband has a new job, just all kinds of all kinds of new things. So yeah. So you came back just this school year, right? Correct. Yeah. So I've just been teaching again since August. And did you come back to any sort of shifts because of the pandemic? Like where do they still have masks and all of, you know, any other precautions or yeah, other sort of changes because of that? I know it varies a lot. Like we're still fully masked in schools, Mm -hmm. but that might not be the case everywhere. Um, Yeah, not, not anymore. At the start of Mm -hmm. the year, we were all, Mm -hmm. all students and teachers were wearing masks and, and some, I don't remember at what point, but at some point late fall, Maybe we, that was no longer required. So it's optional now. For the most part, we're back to normal, but there's still Mm. certain, you know, protocols that we're taking, sanitizing a lot more often. I mean, you know, all those, those kinds of things. And then the students down here too had also been through a devastating hurricane Uh, in the middle of the pandemic. And so that's a whole other transition that schools here are walking through. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic started and then they were hit with Hurricane Laura and, oh gosh, Mm -hmm. it was in August, I believe. And so, you know, they didn't have school for a while. They were, so there's still a whole whole lot of construction rebuilding happening on schools due to that as well. Yeah, that's, yeah. And were you there for that as well? 
We were not. So we moved here after after that, but had been connected to people here previously. This is where my husband grew up. Mm. And so that was okay. kind of our connection before before we moved. So we knew, you know, we were up to date with everything that was happening. Just we weren't living through it like everyone yeah. else was. Right. But that's just like trauma on top of trauma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much. They're going through this pandemic and then right in the middle a disaster like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. So that that's a lot to kind of just like dive back into. You're like, I'm back to teaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you kind of dealt with that? How have you helped students through all the things they're going through? What's been your sort of approach there? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think before, before I started teaching and even just moving here, I, it was kind of a weird since I hadn't, you know, been living through this, I'm moving here with, without all of this, you know, in my, like, in my background. So just beginning the year with an understanding that things have been all over the place and knowing that flexibility is really key. And also just because of pandemic virtual learning and being out of school due to the the hurricane, you know, students missed out on a lot of Mm a lot of things. You, know, you have a lot of students still displaced from their homes, living elsewhere. And, and so just kind of coming in with the understanding that there's a, a lot of transition, I mean, happening with, with myself, but also with, with all of the students that are coming into my classroom every day. Yeah. Yeah. And like adjusting your mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. and yeah. And yeah, I feel like it would be really important to just be super understanding and, you know, every, treat everyone yeah. as these little humans who have a lot in their lives right yeah, now. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's so much to step into. And then I'm also curious if you feel like becoming a mom changed the way you teach or changed the way you approach students at all. Like you kind of yeah. had that big transition too. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have a new perspective when. Right. Maybe it changes the way you approach parents. You know, I mean, I've always tried to work with students as, well, that, yeah, that too. I mean, I, I think I'm definitely more understanding, like it's hard. <laughs> and, uh, but also just being able to, to look at, at students and like, think, you know, would I, would I talk to my own child this way, mm-hmm. which, which I did in the past, but obviously didn't have my own perspective of like what that actually looks mm-hmm. like. And so, yeah, being able to, to see them just kind of in a new, in a new light, I think that has, that perspective has been, it has been Mm -hmm. good and helpful. Yeah. I feel like it always, it makes a difference. Like it changes, I don't know. I think for me, it changed my willingness and like interest in working with the younger kids and Mm -hmm. just like excitement Mm -hmm. being with them. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing, seeing like the world from this sort of fresh perspective, seeing the world in their eyes. Oh yeah. 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 I know there's so much wonder, so much curiosity there. Like I love the demos where they're just amazed. It's like, you've just done a magic trick. And they're like, Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) You pull a print and you get the like, Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know. That's one of my favorite units to teach is, color mixing with kindergarten because it's like I mean 
turning red, yellow, and blue into this whole entire rainbow of colors. And they like, <laughs> they think I'm just a superstar right. because I just made something new. So it's, it's really yeah, fun. They're just blown away. <laughs> and then you start to lose that at the upper grades. They're like not as impressed. They're not, oh, yeah, not they're... so impressed with you. <laughs> No, they're not. No, they're not. It makes me think, like, when am I going to lose that with my kid? Like, she's still at the oh, the stage of being pretty <laughs> impressed most of the time. But yeah, you know, I'm starting to get some of the eye rolls already at six. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. And then amidst all of this, you've also been, like you said, kind of getting back into your own art practice. How has that been? How have mm-hmm. you? I guess one question is just like the time. How have you kind of fit that in alongside teaching and mothering and everything? Have you gotten more sort of structured with your time? Or, um, yeah, how does that work? I have gotten more structured with my time. Mm-hmm. I am a person that works best with structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I have none, it's like I get overwhelmed and I don't know what to do, so I yeah. don't do anything. <laughs> so I in, in the past, prior to my break from teaching, I just, I was never consistent with my art. Mm. I I made art. um, And I showed at a couple of coffee shops, but I just, I don't know if it was because I was just overwhelmed with teaching or I had never really had anyone to guide me Mm. in establishing a sustainable art practice or all of the above, but I just didn't keep that up consistently. And so right, I mean, before I started teaching. I got connected with the artist mother community, which I know you're a part yeah. of. And then I also uh, ended up when we first moved here to Southwest Louisiana, I ended up with a little bit more time to dive into some of my mm-hmm. art. And so both of those things helped to really push me forward in trying to be more consistent. And so I I find myself now in this place where I think I'm more inspired and more excited about art making than ever Mm -hmm. before and also with the least amount of time for it than (laughs) ever before because I you know I am parenting I am teaching full-time and you know the rest Mm -hmm. of life so that has been really interesting and frustrating and so I've you know trying to work with how to how to make this work so I I don't feel like I'm leaving it behind anymore Mm -hmm. and so Consistently now, what is working for me is about four hours in my studio a week, which sounds like not a lot, but the consistency has been so helpful. And so I have two two hour time blocks that I've worked out that I'm in my studio working, and then more if possible. But you know, keeping to at least those at least those two uh, two times. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really helpful to hear. And just, you know, you say four hours a week, like it doesn't sound like much, but every little bit, like just kind of plugging away like that, you know, you can make make headway that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's slow, but Mm -hmm. it's it's progress forward. Yeah. (laughs) And then just looking at your work, you're working in so many different materials, like you're doing these really cool collages and then also sort of like embroidery and fiber work that actually it feels like it, they feel like they go together. Like the way that you're using fabrics feel collage-esque. <laughs> That's yeah. good to hear. I, I always, I feel kind of sporadic in the work that mm-hmm. I'm making as well. And par- part of that I think is due to not having a consistent art mm-hmm. practice for a while. And so I'm, I'm, 
doing a lot of exploring Mm -hmm. in these various types of media Mm -hmm. as I'm, you know, trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to work, you know, maybe don't have one place, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So experimenting with a lot of things right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a good thing to do. And even once you figure out, I feel like it's good to kind of come back to that experimental phase every now and then too. yeah, Yeah, for sure. And then there's also, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I know when teaching, especially at the elementary level where you're, you're teaching every art form, like you're, you know, maybe at high school, you would be just like a drawing teacher or something. But at elementary, you're teaching everything. (laughs) So you have to kind of know everything and experiment with everything. And then that somehow like works into your practice, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It really does. And I've found this year coming back into teaching that that has been even more the case, mm. you know, and I, I think that's partly, you know, due to just having a fresh perspective from, you know, having a break from teaching and mm-hmm. then feeling more inspired in my own art practice. Mm-hmm. And so this year, I really feel the two of those kind of weaving together more tightly than before. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really really fun. I've been trying to incorporate some more or artists in my that I'm teaching to my students that are also really inspiring to me personally. Mm. Um, And so then, you know, I'm doing research for my classes, but it also feels really relevant to my own artwork, Mm -hmm. which is fun. And then I, you know, I find myself going off into tangents sometimes too, researching for lessons that I'm teaching. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's really cool. What if I tried this in my own studio, you know? Mm. And so I, I have found like that artistic thread kind of running through both, mm-hmm. which is really encouraging since, you know, I don't have a ton of time to dedicate to my work in my studio because I am teaching as well. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I was just, we just did a workshop about this idea of how do you do both? And exactly what you're talking about is one way that has helped me too. just having, it's like, I have an interest. How how can I like weave that into my (laughs) teaching? (laughs) Or even like, if it doesn't start from my studio practice, somehow it ends up there. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just become like sort of interwoven in the in the thoughts and in the research. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really helpful. Yeah, we've been doing some printmaking too with my students. And even some of that I'm thinking I do because I use lots of pattern in my own work. Mm. You know, now I'm thinking thinking, you know, how can I use some of these printmaking techniques and my and my own artwork to create mm. my own patterns? So I'm kind of I haven't actually tried any of that yet, but it's all you know, it's, it's working out in my brain. So yeah, (laughs) that's great. Yeah. So then you'll be bringing even more media, even more techniques in there, which I think would be really cool. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Might be overwhelming. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I like that idea of your own printed patterns in those collages and maybe even in the fabric work, like you're printing on fabric. Yeah. 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 Really cool. What have been some of the artists that you're looking at that were like really interesting in both teaching and art making? Yeah. So one of those is Kehinde Wiley. Mm-hmm. I just, I love his work. Yeah. He, I was first introduced to, to him when 
his uh, exhibition came to the Oklahoma City Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. So we were still living there several years ago. And I was actually uh, working as a teaching artist there as well. Oh, and cool. so I was fortunate enough to get to go sit in on his artist talk, uh, which was Amazing. incredible. <laughs> so I got I got to hear from him and then just seeing his work. It's I mean, it's huge. And it's just so, so well done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, he incorporates all of this ornate pattern into his work too, um, into his portraiture. And so uh, I, we've been studying him with my fifth graders this year, which has been really neat because, you know, they have never seen his work before. And and so that's been been really interesting. And, and then we've looked at Hillary. I, I'm not ever sure if I say her name correctly. Hilary Pecci's. She's a still life artist. Uh, I think she's based out of California mm. as well. But she has uh, just lots of things happening in her paintings mm. that are really interesting. We've been looking at her with my first graders. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, just being able to incorporate some of those artists is it's exciting for me, too, because I can share like, oh, look, I really like this artwork. And there's just there's so much more passion there than when I'm teaching, teaching the kids about it. Yeah. And then with like with Kehinde Wiley, is that are are you also using that to kind of talk about? I mean, there's so many things you could, so many like directions you could yeah. go. You could go to like art history. You can go to identity mm-hmm. and like issues of race. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are like sort of available there when looking at his work. What what directions have you taken with it? Yeah, good question. Yeah, there's there's so many, <laughs> right. so much in his in his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been looking at uh, has just his work and experience as a black artist mm-hmm. and the voice that he has because of that identity and that experience. And then the idea of power in mm. artwork, you know, what what gives people power, what mm. gives artwork power, how can you use your voice as an artist to to express things that that you know about that you care about and so that's been really good um, for them to mm-hmm. be able to see uh to see him as just a normal you know a normal human being being able to use his skill and voice as an artist in that way mm-hmm. but I when I introduce artists often I so for with him for example I just laid out some of his artwork and let the kids walk around and look at it and you know, they've, they've never seen anything like this before. And so it's new and different and strange to them. And, you know, they're asking all kinds of questions. And so after that, I shared with them a video uh, where Kehinde was speaking about his work, mm-hmm. which I have found is just so much more powerful than me talking about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so the students being able to hear from him as a contemporary artist, why he's doing what he's doing is, I think that's really powerful. And they, they respond to that. Yeah, like I said, much more than if I were to just tell them about his work myself. Yeah, I feel like especially, you know, if there are videos available of the artists Mm -hmm. talking with, you know, most living artists have something Mm -hmm. out there that you can find and share. Yeah. Yeah, that's so much more like authentic and just yeah powerful for the students to see the actual artist and also give you a little yeah. <laughs> little like break from talking like break. It's, yes it's not always me up here <laughs> <laughs> yes that it, that is a nice break yeah I used to love like even those days where you have the same video like five times a day or something <laughs> I still would mm-hmm. like 
really enjoy those you know if I showed like a three-minute video of an artist I'd be like oh, I get yeah. to watch them again <laughs> I know I know and I love that also that focus on power I feel like that's you know a really good way to to frame it and to approach it and just talk about students own art making sort of around a theme of power mm-hmm. yeah yeah so they're creating portraits too of someone mm-hmm. who they feel is powerful and we mm-hmm. talked about you know the different what makes someone powerful like it's not always having a title and money you mm-hmm. know you can be influential and powerful for lots of lots of reasons mm-hmm. um, and so that's been cool to see you know the people that they're coming up with mm-hmm. you know and I have a few students who chose themselves which is yeah. awesome like uh, that they can see that in themselves yeah that's great uh, what a encouraging you know I can imagine that project being something that they would remember and moving yeah. forward they'll they'll look back and be like yeah I am I am powerful <laughs> <laughs> No, I hope so. I hope so. Mm. Yeah, and then I'm also curious just thinking about your own work. So you're inspired by these sort of patterns. What topics or what ideas are you getting at in your own work? That's a good question and it's a it's a question <laughs> I keep asking it. myself too. Yeah. No, I think that's been a struggle again from just not working consistently is like, mm-hmm. what, you know, what, what do I want to say? Like, you know, I have an artistic voice too. What do, mm-hmm. how do I want to use that? And so some, I mean, there's some consistent themes that run through my work when I'm using textiles in a lot of the pieces, I'm layering them mm-hmm. and I'll actually cut through the top layer revealing what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And in that, that's kind of been symbolic to me as you know, there's always light beneath or on the other side of things Mm. um, that you can find. It just sometimes takes some work, you know, going through the darkness or the hard stuff to get there. And then just the idea too of piecing all of these different textiles and collages together. I love the idea that all of these things from from different places that look different that you know maybe seem like they shouldn't go together mm-hmm. can be put together and create a new story. They can mm-hmm. they can go together and, and uh, create something beautiful. So just that juxtaposition of different things and ideas and I also I use a lot of repurposed textiles in my work mm-hmm. that have either been given to me, they're old clothes, they're thrifted. And so I work with that idea too of, you know, taking something that's been discarded that feels used up and mm-hmm. giving it new life. Mm-hmm. Like just the idea that, you know, there's always a new story to be written. There's a new purpose that these materials can find in in my work. And so uh, those are consistent themes that I think run throughout. And I'm, you know, still playing on like, what other ideas I want to to explore and and talk about with all of these different materials and techniques that I'm using. Yeah, well, I think it, maybe this is more of a question. <laughs> how <laughs> like it's interesting hearing how you're talking to students about their artistic voice and trying to help them kind of figure out like what do you want to say mm-hmm. while you're going through the same process. How ha- like how do those kind of inform oh, yeah. each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, there's things I 
you know, I'll, I'll tell my students and I'm like, I, you know, (laughs) I need to listen to that myself too. Um, I even, I realized recently at the beginning of my classes, we say together this artist commitment. Mm. So when I, when my students come into my room, I refer to them as artists. We refer to our space as an art studio. And in this art commitment, we begin it and end it with saying, I am an artist. Mm. And so I realized, you know, they're saying that each time they come in my class, but I'm saying that line, I am an artist 12 times every day. And there, you know, there's something to saying things out loud Mm. over and over again that they start to become real Mm -hmm. and you start to believe them. And so like, I think that even that has been helpful to me, you know, because that's not something that... I was even very comfortable saying until recently, like, no, I'm, I am an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just an art teacher. Like I am an artist. I am a, you know, um, right. <laughs> I make work. And I think it's been hard for me to identify as that because my time in the studio has been so limited, mm-hmm. but you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that I, you know, I am an artist. I just mm-hmm. am working in the margins that I have. Yeah. And so that's been, that's been really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You keep saying to yourself. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Yeah, And that's so helpful to hear too. I feel like so many of us are in that same sort of boat where, you know, if you're talking to a stranger or like somebody you just met who asks you, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Your response is, I'm an art teacher, period. Mm And how do you shift that? Like what, you know, what should that response be? Maybe there's not a should. Yeah. What like, yeah, yeah. I'm an artist and a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it is an interesting thing for our own identities. Like how do we, mm-hmm. how do we embrace both things? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And especially when yeah, one I... thing takes so much more time than the other. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. Yeah. Because I love, I love teaching, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I want to be there, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with the students, but yeah, it does. It takes so much time, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's always hard too, because you could always be doing more, you know, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) you could always be doing more to help your students, to make your space better for them, to Mm -hmm. make your lessons better for them, to prepare more for them, you know? And so it's like, where do you draw that line of, Mm -hmm. you know, too much and, and not enough. And mm. yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's a lot to, to piece together and trying to figure out, yeah, what, what works and what's best. Yeah. I feel like it's really hard because you like, I think most of us care a lot. Like we really care about yeah. teaching and about our students and, you know, wanting to have the best experience for them. But then we also care about our own art and what we're doing and yeah. like our ideas and getting those out there. So when you, you know, you have these two passions that are like competing, Mm -hmm. like fighting each other for time. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, throw in a third of your own family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You also care a lot about. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, I know. That's tough. Yeah. How do you, I mean, I guess right now you have that sort of structured, like I've got my Mm -hmm. four hours every week is like set into the schedule. How are you maybe with like mindset coming to this or approaching this, this issue of like that competition. Yeah, man, it's hard. Cause yeah. I even, you know, I'm, I'll be at school some days and my mind is going off to all these things that I just want to make and 
-hmm. like, oh, but I can't do that right now. Like, I need, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need my mind here in my classroom. So I, I mean, my mind this year has definitely been like my artistic brain has been running Mm -hmm. way more than it had previously when I was teaching. And so that's good and bad. It's, It's great because it just keeps like, I feel like I'm working more on my own artwork, even though I'm not physically doing the work because mm-hmm. um, my mind is there. But mm-hmm. then it's also, you know, sometimes frustrating because my mind is there, but I can't be there physically. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have something in place where like when these ideas come to you and you can't work on them right away, you like write them down somewhere mm-hmm. or like note them and then when it is a studio time, you're like, I've got this and this and this, like, these are the things I'm going to do. I'm going to bust it out, <laughs> like making the most of your time. Yeah. I mean, I, I always have some form of paper with me, mm. uh, you know, and if not, then I have my phone and I write it on there or take a picture of something that, yeah. you know, sparks some sort of inspiration. And so, yeah, I end up kind of like my materials. I end up with all these pieces of things that I'm like, you know, trying to <laughs> figure out it. how to, to put together. Um, I, like I heard, yeah. And I, I heard, I think this was on another podcast and I can't remember who this was. Um, but they referred to their brain as a collage brain. Ooh. And I was like, Oh yeah, I feel like, that. <laughs> I feel like there's all these pieces and mm. I'm trying to fit them together. And I think that's, partially why I, I'm enjoying playing with collage and playing with, you know, piecing different textiles together is mm-hmm. because it, it helps me give some sense of order to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to all of these things, which is what I feel like I'm trying to do in my life is I have all of these things mm-hmm. that I love and I'm trying to figure out how to put some sort of order to them so that they can all work mm-hmm. together. So, you know, maybe that's, that's another idea. I guess I'm I'm uh, exploring in my own work. So yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. just thinking about all the transitions that you've been through. It's like trying to like, there's so much sort of boiling, (laughs) like I'm picturing just a lot happening and then trying to like bring it all together, calm it down. Um, yes yes yeah piece together the okay there's this big move there's this like non-mother identity and now there's this mother identity uh, and where do they come together there's this not being a teacher and now also being a teacher not being an artist but like trying to be an artist again like there's all these sort of different identities within yourself coming together yeah yeah I know and so it's it's one of the the beautiful things about people, I think, is mm. none of us are one thing, mm. but then also one of the really complicated things, because how do you be all the things, you know, right. and how do you <laughs> make them all work together to be mm. one whole person? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think approaching that with students, too, could be really interesting. Like, how do you mm-hmm. yeah, fit together all these things that are part of you and that are in your life? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's something I could do with my upper level kids. Mm. Um, <laughs> fourth and fifth graders, I think could, yeah. could dive into that. Get into some um, deep conversations yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, 
I have a couple of like just sort of fun wrap up questions. So one I I always love is yeah. just what are you curious about? Mm-hmm. Kind of big broad um, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so artistically speaking, I am really just curious about textiles and mm. different, you know, ways to manipulate them, embroidery techniques, mm. pattern designs. That's something I'm just, I'm trying to do a little bit of research in when I have the time. But more generally, I've always been very curious about the brain. Mm. Just the way that the brain works, how it is interconnected to so many things, you know, left brain versus right brain, and, you know, how different people think about things differently. Mm. If I had time, I would, you know, research that more and <laughs> but yeah, just psychology. Mm. That was always very just interesting to learn about. So yeah, I wonder if you can get some PD time for that kind of stuff because that can totally be connected oh, to teaching. That's a good idea. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's an idea. I'll yeah. See what I'll see what I can do. <laughs> see, if, see if your school will support that. <laughs> Uh, but that's really interesting to hear too, because you talked about like this sort of collage brain too. Like, how does oh yeah yeah like <laughs> where does that tie into how the brain works? <laughs> yeah, mm. oh, there's something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's little threads. Yeah, you got little me thinking. Threads in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like all of these phrases. There's like all these visuals for me. I'm like, you know, oh yeah, yeah. I know. We're visual people. Yep. <laughs> like, how do you put that in words? Hmm. I don't know. Like, we I'll need just a do a painting about it. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Can't explain it. Okay. Fun, kind of silly question. What is your favorite food? That one, I had to think some about. I love Latin food. Mm. That's probably as far as, you know, generally, I love all of that. Uh, I love sweet potatoes, too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> in most forms, except for traditionally at Thanksgiving when they're just doused in sugar and marshmallows. Um, but I love I love sweet potato tacos. So there I kind of bring Ooh, them together, I guess. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Something we cook around here often. Oh, yeah, they're so good just by themselves. Like they're, oh, yes. Yeah. I feel like that, maybe avocados, like there's certain oh, fruits yes. or veggies yeah. that are just like, you don't need anything else. They're just good. Yeah. It's just <laughs> a little butter thing. and salt and pepper and we're, we're good to go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And then is there anybody you'd want to give sort of like a shout out to? Yeah. So a couple people. First one is, her name is Lisa. She is the teaching artist who I worked with at that first art camp that I ever oh. helped at. And she's, I've, uh, have been connected with her since then and been able to work with mm. her in a couple of other settings before, but she's just super encouraging and so, so fun to be around. And then my husband Chase as well, cause he is really supportive in my artistic practice, helping me to have that time so I can pursue that. So yeah. Yeah. Both of those people. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. huge. Like the, the inspiration and encouragement and support, it's all so needed <laughs> with juggling yeah. all these things. Yeah, Ooh. definitely. Um, and then last thing, where can people find you and connect with you online? Yeah, Instagram is the best place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find me at Kayla Louvier Art. Mm-hmm. 
So awesome. I'm there. I have a website that is taken down because I was not maintaining it. So until until I can do that well. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, well, if I don't have the time to actually keep up with the website, does it really make sense to have it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to have just like an outdated thing. So. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'll come back. I'm burden myself with that uh, yeah. at the time. It will. Right. It will in time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not needed. <laughs> well, I will link to your Instagram so everybody can find it and go connect. And thank you so much. This was great. I loved hearing yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach me at Teaching Artist Podcast on Instagram or Teaching Artist Podcast at gmail.com. Who do you want to hear from? Please share your recommendations of teaching artists. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow me. It really makes a big difference. Thank you. Thank you.